episode 30 of the Cop Talk Podcast. Uh, first, welcome back, uh, Mark. How you doing? Hello. Yeah, no kidding, huh? So, and I guess we got Ed. That's right, from the Iron Warriors. Yeah, and uh, I guess Jim is not going to show up again. He's got his uh, Craigslist date with a tranny. You think? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, which is really scary. So... What, uh, I mean, we got a bunch of stuff. We got a few questions. I think we're going to, well, a few things, I guess, a few announcements. First one would be is that we're probably going to start doing the shows every other week, um, at least for the, the midterm here. Um, I think it'll allow us to get a show that's a little bit longer for everybody, about an hour, and uh, it'll also free up some time for us guys in the field so that we can actually get some other things done. That but, is until we get overwhelmed with listeners' questions that we need to answer. Because right now we're sort of like, uh, what's that show on TV, Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe? Yeah. And he's always sort of. asking people for ideas for a show so they don't go off the air. So we're asking for that, too. Send in your questions. Send in your comments. Something that uh, you've always wanted to ask a cop, but... Um, didn't and get a just, chance to send it just, in and ask just us. like uh, just like dirty jobs we don't want the show to get terrible yes at the end when you run out of stuff <laughs> exactly so um, I guess we can start off we'll do that hopefully Jim will come back for the next show uh, we missed a show last week so we'll make up for it this week and I guess from there we can roll right into news if you got any mark and then yeah, we well let's bust on Jim questions. as much as we can tonight too oh, so well, we'll come back I'm pretty sure so. I'm pretty sure that's the way it goes when he's not here. So. <laughs> hey, one thing that was happening in uh, Oakland I saw on the news today is a trend that uh, suspects are going to grocery store parking lots and they're watching women come out of the uh, store. They're following them to their houses and then they're robbing them as they get out of the car or approach their house. And there, there's not a whole lot you could do in a situation like that. Other than being aware. I mean, we've covered this time and time again. Be aware of your surroundings. Um, if you come out of the grocery store, look around. See if there's anybody near you or approaching you. If you get in your car and start driving, see if somebody starts following you. Um, if it seems like the same car is behind you after you know several turns, it could be a coincidence, but make a couple of turns and see if they keep following you. If they do, don't go home. Go to a, a busy gas station. Go to a police station if it's nearby. and um, Drive you know, right make, to the jail. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people, they may get a little scared if they're being followed and they think the safest place is home, and that's actually not the best place to go. Then people know where you live. And in a situation like this in Oakland... They've had several instances where people are robbed because the uh, the suspects are following them home. What's the, what's so, the criteria? Is it old folks or something, or feeble, or, or uh, what are they picking after? Folks I, I didn't look cars? at the, I didn't look at the statistics of the victims, um, but they said they had several instances of it where they're followed home, mainly women. They're followed home and then they're uh, robbed at gunpoint. Hmm. I was telling Brent just today in my city. There was a lady at a gas pump, and she's pumping her gas, and she's so involved with her cell phone, texting or whatever she's doing, she didn't see these two guys approach her, um, pull out a gun, grab her purse, and, and take off running. 
And if it was very simple, if she was alert and looking around, and if she simply made eye contact with these two guys as they're approaching her, that could have been enough to deter them to go on to somebody else, or she would have had time to scream or something. It just, um, you really got to be aware of your surroundings. I think, Brent, don't you see that? If you're uh, driving down the road, you see people crossing the street, they're just so intent, bent down, texting or looking at their phone, they're not looking around whatsoever. I see people do that while they're driving. That is true. I mean, driving down the freeway, they'll be there texting with a newspaper in front of them, makeup, oh, yeah. shaving, whatever. Scary stuff, scary. It's it's amazing. And, yeah. I mean, and the best part is, is I think uh, about a month ago, I almost had somebody try to run me off the road because they were too busy on their phone. Didn't even see me. <laughs> well, you, you, guys, you guys have the law in California where you got to wear a headset when you talk on the phone, right? Yep. But yep. Uh, they still haven't outlawed texting yet? Pretty sure you should be able to. Some of these people. No, no, it's 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 illegal. Oh, texting, texting. is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Any any use of the phone, actually, right? Yeah. The only you you can pick up a handheld phone and dial with it if you have a headset. Otherwise, you know, some people think if they pick it up and they dial and then they set it down on speakerphone, it's legal. It's not. The only way it's legal is if you have a headset on. This is in California. If you have a headset. You know, or one of the Bluetooth things that clip on your ear, you could dial your phone and set it down and then talk on your headset. But yeah, texting so, is illegal. So let's In fact, wait. that's probably what Jim Jim's probably on the phone right now trying to get directions uh to his Craigslist Craigslist Eight. date. Well if he'd buy one of those fancy phones like you did, he could use a GPS on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and then we could track them. That would be bad. So <laughs> So let's just let's let's talk about this for a sec. So I've I've had a few questions about these cell phone laws and and how law enforcement determines the difference between. So well, let's clear up some of the rules. The first one is is you could be making a nine one one call, correct? Yes, that's legal. That is legal. Okay, so so I'm driving down the street and there's a cop and I'm on the phone and you pull me over and I'm going to say what. Oh, I was calling 911. <laughs> I mean, so if it's how do you determine as as a cop patrolling on the street if it's on speakerphone, if the guy person was just dialing, if they're not making a call to 911? I mean, well, is it I mean, just, you could push him. You could say, "All right, show me the phone, you know, bring up the call history and let me let me see where you dialed 911." Or you or you bluff them and you say, "You know what? I'm going to call our dispatch right now and see if a call came through from your phone number." You know, if you're lying, you're going to get a ticket. You'll you'll get the truth out of them. So basically, before before I get pulled over, I'll just punch nine one one in my phone, hit send end, and then I'm off the hook. You might get out of it that way. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then I'll you want to see it, cop? Here you go. And then he'll arrest you for making a false nine one one call. I I just misdialed it, Your Honor. <laughs> I meant to go four one one, right? Yeah, I don't know what. It's not the same. Oh, wait, I mean, most people call 911 and ask for information anyway, so what's the difference? Oh, I've heard I needed so a cop, questions. and I saw you behind me, but I thought I'd call 911 for a different cop. Yeah, well, I was sitting in dispatch, and somebody called in and asked for a pizza order. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, we, we need to do a show like that or have a dispatcher on to give some oh. stories about what people call 911 for. Yeah, I should try to find one of, one of my dispatchers if they even do it. Yeah. The store, the list is so long. I couldn't even imagine it'd be a three-hour show. Yeah, funny. It'd be funny though. It, it would be funny. <laughs> better than America's funniest home videos. All right. So, 
Let's, uh, we can Ed's roll. Gonna re- Ed's going to report. Uh, Ed may not be with us much longer anymore on the <laughs> show, though. Why is that? Because didn't you tell me that you... <laughs> Didn't you just tell me that you won a lotto in Nigeria or something? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The gal, the, the gal there in the UK. 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 Yeah. Here, I'll tell you what she said to me. You want to hear the whole thing? Yeah, yeah let's hear it. We've got to fill okay, the show she up. She said, what, what is her name again? Oh, uh, Mrs. <laughs> Melissa Lewis. Oh, I'm Mrs. Melissa nice. Lewis. I'm going for an operation later today. I decided to will the sum of $14 million to you. Quote, my personal reference number, LLP slash 953 US slash UK, to my pastor only. Contact my pastor with this email, you know, uh, we're going to get your bank account number dot com. Oh. So, I mean, he did, did you do it? Email. Yeah, I sent it into her. <laughs> okay. I didn't. You let me know how that goes. No, you know what I have done is I've taken some of those. Like goofy- I said, Ed, send her my bank info, too, because I'd like to get a piece <laughs> of that. <laughs> I have I have played the game sometimes with those guys in like Nigeria, you know. Yes, well, what would you like me to do to see if they'll send me the information back? But if you don't bite with all the info they want right right out the bat, they don't they don't respond back. To yeah, you. I wouldn't even. I would. There's even. a lot of scams out there, and you know they they switch it up here and there. And uh, but that that's the old that's the oldest one in the book is the Nigeria lotto scam or. Uh, my my father is the prince of whatever country, and he doesn't know what to do with his thirty eight billion dollars and blah 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 blah. God, I I've, seen him, I've seen him show up an email box from from the FBI, and it's a bogus uh, bogus uh, link altogether for it. Yep. And I've I've actually forwarded him on to the FBI, what do they call it, cyber crimes unit or whatever it is. But uh, it, it looks kind of legitimate to a point, and then you go to click on the you highlight the link. And this is not the FBI link at all. So, so when you forwarded it on, did the guy reply with his bank account info and stuff? <laughs> I don't know if he did or didn't. But uh, no, what's I mean, amazing you. is the people that fall for this, and then they call the police for help. It, it, it just—it's still surprising me that people fall for this. But it's probably the the elderly person that. You know, they get this thing in their email, and they anything on the internet, it must be true. But people, well, it's just you're not you're not educated in the the issues that are associated with these internet things. It all sounds, I mean, heck, those those things sound great. I mean, Ed, you could be you know like master of your own country with one email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Ed will call us up next yeah. week. Hey, I want a country. Yeah, I got my own <laughs> island. Yeah. Off the coast of Somalia, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we've talked about this before, but um, they send out these, fi- they call it phishing, but they send them out from realistic websites, from PayPal, from um, Chase Bank, Bank of America, um, all these other financial institutions, and they use the same logos, they use the same uh, little links and everything. But if you look closely at the main link you reply to, it, it it's not one of the ones like from Bank of America or something. But they say you're, we feel your account's been compromised. Uh, you, you're going to have limited access to your account until you verify your information. This is for your protection. Thanks for being a, you know, a valued customer of Bank of America or whichever it is. <laughs> and they use the logo. They use everything on it. looks like a legitimate thing, and people freak out, and they go, oh, my God, compromised account. They go right in. They put in, you know, these things ask for your account number, your PIN, uh, maybe date of birth or Social Security number, and you think so, you're saving your account, and you are just gave away your identity. Yeah, there's an easy way to solve a lot of this, which is go to each of your bank accounts or bank 
whatever accounts you have and make sure that no way in there can they contact you by email. Most banks won't do it anyway. Well, no, no so, financial institution is going to ask for your account number and your PIN, even in an right. email. Nobody's going to yep. do that. And most Bank of America, PayPal, and eBay and everybody, they have what they call a spoof um, you could forward this on to there. It'll say like spoof at eBay, uh, paypal.com or whatever. You send the entire email that you got to them. And or abuse. Abuse at is another one. Yeah, and they'll send you a reply saying thank you. That That is a, uh, you know. We've a, been tracking Ed for months now. Thank you for evidence. <laughs> you know, we had a big Craigslist scam <clears throat> through PayPal. Oh, man, you're telling me Jim's, Jim's a part of that tonight? No, not on the oh. no, not on the uh, sex. Oh, thing, not for part of it. Okay, got it. They'd uh, somebody would be selling something on Craigslist. People would reply and say, "I'd really want this. You know, cash this check for me and send money back to you know one of those things where I'll send you more than what it is and you send back a certain amount of money." Yep. Blah blah blah. That's pretty common on Craigslist. It is, but you know, so many people fell for it. I took a case where I had found 13 victims and these victims didn't seem like they were very vulnerable, like, you know, naive, but it was mainly targeting high end stuff like cameras and camcorders and stuff. Yep. And these people were so anxious to sell their stuff that they were sending money back to where it didn't need to go. And when I ended up tracking all the stuff down, it did came back. It came back to Nigeria and different countries and, I mean, there's no way any DA or anything out here is going to go chasing some property crime to another country. It, well, and the issue is, is, yeah, most of these countries, it's not even have to do with it being specifically Nigeria or China or Russia or any of these. It's just that it's impossible to go and try to get, you know, any court case or any restitution from any of these people if it's out of country. Right. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, hear these things like Nigeria and this is not like, you know, it's like a group. <laughs> each of these people, it's not that country specifically. It's all these places that have no laws set up to prosecute, you know, Internet crimes, which is it, which is an issue. Right. But, you know, is the, the way they did it and it was it was actually quite ingenious is they'd find somebody like a diamond ring or a, an expensive camera. They'd say, I really want it. Um, you know, I'll pay you extra to have it shipped to me, this and that. Yep. And they would send a spoof PayPal email notification. Because if you get money from PayPal, if you sell something, they send you a notification, you've got money. These people had perfected this email that you've got money and, uh, you know, check your account within a few days. It's automatically transferred, blah, blah, blah. Send it overnight. And they were paying these people an extra 100 bucks or telling them that to send it overnight. So these people said, oh, great. They check their email. They get something from PayPal saying, you've got money. Mm -hmm. They think it's been paid for. They ship it out overnight. The person gets the item, and all of a sudden the people realize they didn't get the money in the PayPal account. Uh, sadly, these are the same people that don't read their credit card statement every month and make sure that every charge on there is legitimate. So, right. if if you get something in PayPal, if it says you got money, you could log into your PayPal account and it should be there. It's not going to say your money will be there in four days or a week or something like that. And so these people were just getting had left and right. And I busted somebody. He had a bunch of um, 
cameras and stuff that he had bought, and he was getting a piece of it and sending the rest of the money back to Nigeria. Mm. It's huge. I mean, the scams are huge. So you really well, got to watch yourself. They wouldn't be continuing either if they weren't profitable. So oh, yeah. they are highly profitable into the millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, it's... Uh, well, it goes back into the the old adage, if it seems too good to be true. Oh, I thought you were going to say too bad. I didn't think it up. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, okay. Ed's taking notes here because he's going to go try something here. Yeah, Ed's probably, or he fell asleep. No, Ed's. I just was reading a, a note here about the uh, police mimicking lights, and I got it on my cell phone. <laughs> I was going to play with it and let you in, pull you guys over. You oh, you downloaded, downloaded it? it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I had one on there that I turned the siren on. It wouldn't turn off. I had to delete the whole thing from the, from the phone. See, once a cop, always a cop. <laughs> I can't get away Ed's from this got a stuff. scanner oh, in his kid. car. When he hears a call come out nearby, he puts his cell phone up in the window with the flashing lights and the siren. Hey, hey would you, with your new phone, you can go to applications and put this police scanner in there and listen to yourself on the radio, Mark. Well, you know, what? Yeah, yeah you, you can put a scanner inside your phone. i got a scanner in mine. I listen to you guys all the time. Yeah, don't don't do it now. It'll ruin the show. There you go. Hold on. Well, that, it's not that, a video that, podcast. That, Whoa! Did you hear that siren? Woo! Man, <laughs> flashing red and blue lights. That leads us right into the next story. <laughs> so let, do me, you, let me find the fire truck now. Jesus, the oh. lights turn off. Hold on. Fire department. See, the fire department's just red and white. That's no fun. I want something like really cool stuff. Construction's yellow. Hey, Ed, for your birthday, I'll get you a Fisher-Price police car with a real siren. <laughs> I was thinking one of those cool helmets that had the light on it. <laughs> I'd be, like, I'd be the, like, do you see my little green fishy? With the PA mic. <laughs> hey, well, anyway, that next story that Ed kind of inadvertently led us into was there is an app for a phone. And what was the story that you had, Brent? Some guy... Uh, so basically it was in, uh, yeah, in Indiana. He... Uh, Decided to download the application, took it out. Uh, let's see, what has he got here? It says, uh, she told police a black Pontiac GTO with flashing red and blue lights at the top of its windshield tailgated her and seemed to try to pull her over about 10.40 p.m. She suspected the driver wasn't really a police officer, so she just kept driving and called 911. When the police caught up with the car, they found no flashing lights, but a passenger handed over a cell phone belonging to the driver. Oh, that's, that's friendship right there. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fabio Bendel, uh, yeah. Mr. Fabio Bendel, thirty of Valparaiso, um, that said that he had just thousand? downloaded the application to uh, imitate police car lights. So uh, he was immediately arrested for impersonating an officer and drunk driving. See, I went to that website, and it's amazing that they could actually legally sell that app or whatever. It, why not? It was free. Well, Mine was free. Why? Why does it? Why does? Oh, you got yours for free, Ed? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I sent two hundred bucks to Nigeria for mine. <laughs> should, I, should I? I mean, we could. I guess we could rename the app, app "Idiot Test." And yeah, then there you go. Ninety-nine <laughs> cents a piece. So I don't know what. I mean, I guess but the, nobody, the issue. Nobody has a reason to have that unless they're drunk at a party. And saying, hey, look at me, you know, or and trying to... I would assume them. Ed runs around his house. With <laughs> <ice>. <laughs> Naked with my old gun belt on. Ed hears one of his neighbor's alarms go off down the street, so he runs down the street holding his phone <laughs> up over his head. <laughs> I'm coming! Actually, actually <laughs> I had a neighbor kid... 
Not a neighbor well, you have to block your grenade but... launcher, 50 millimeter uh, cannon you have, right? Yeah, I was gonna hit him with the uh, gr- grenade launcher. And what did your neighbor do? I dare ask. Oh, I'm sitting there and I'm getting my stuff ready for taxes. And I look out my front window and this kid's walking by. He stops right dead smack in front of my house, looks inside my Toyota uh, draw passenger front window, and then peeks into the back window. He's looking for stuff that he, he can bust the window and snatch. And before I can grab my gun and run outside, he's already waddling up the street. His pants are halfway down behind, you know. And then I saw the house he went into. I was like, okay, well, that, that explains it all. But I thought to myself, he comes by and does that again, and I'm sitting there. I'm going to turn on these lights and siren and come running out there after. Oh, man. Yeah. And you'll be the crazy nutball in house number four. <laughs> I, I can see the headlines. 14-year-old killed after 35 rounds pumped into his body for looking into an empty vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be more like run down by police car. Yeah, yeah with, with a phony lights and siren yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Naked man running down the street with flashing yeah. lights. <laughs> Kids kid smacked by flying cell phone with lights blaring. Yeah. <laughs> Ed almost opened up on a uh, raccoon when he lived out my way. Raccoons. Oh, yeah. Damn. Those are yeah, some you pretty ran cool outside with your gun naked? Well, no, we thought, we thought there was somebody running across the roof. Yeah. <laughs> The roof, the roof like, juggled the house, and it made a big snapping noise like somebody running across a roof. So, of course, the stupid goes out there, and his britches half off, and a gun in the hand and flashlight in the other. And there was raccoons sitting there staring at me in the tree like, what are you doing out here in your underwear? You know? Yeah, yeah idiot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would have got old out here. <laughs> it's okay. I got raccoons living under my deck. They love it. Do they? Oh, yeah. I've never seen raccoons that big. Uh, oh, there were a, there was a half little town there in the house I had there in uh, that town over there in East Bay. Yeah, they they bring their kids out at night. Oh yeah, and, and they're teach bold. them how to hunt, and that's they cool. Are bold. I've got wild kingdom in my backyard. Raccoons could be nasty little critters too. Oh no, they they came up to our gate up top and you know looked in the screen door and I flashed a light in his face and he looked at me and I ran at him and he looked at me and I said, okay, you win. Ed, what do they do when you hold up your flashing red and blue light to them? I haven't tried it yet, but you I'll should. get back to you as soon as I do. Yeah. They might run. Report yeah. back. <laughs> Report back in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I'll All right, so ER. so we hit on uh, we hit on this wonderful idiot going to impersonate a cop. Let's talk about uh, working radar at night. So we got a question from uh, I don't know their name because they probably didn't want me to use it. So running radar at night is it legal for police to run radar on a four lane highway? two lanes north and two lanes south after dark without having any lights on their car on at any kind whatsoever. I have seen the local city police and sheriff doing this in northern West Virginia. Well, who um, wants to answer that? It could be a hundred lane highway at nighttime. It doesn't matter. Or like our judge out here, people say, can the police officer actually shoot radar here or there or whatever? And the judge tells them if they could get their police motorcycle up in a tree, they could do it from a tree. Yes, it is, it is legal. That's a great answer. Oh, the judge I, I, tells sure people that, that it is great. I'm sure the motor officer of the old PD there with the funny colored hair would probably do that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, hey, so, uh, you know, most cops now, they don't use radars. Even Highway Patrol now, I see them on the side of the road using the lasers. Yep. And those things, you could pick a motorcycle out of a pack of semis. I mean, I, that, that, That's my question for you because, I mean, how, how do you distinguish between four cars and four lanes? On a radar, it'd be really hard to do because the radar, the cone spreads out. But with a laser, it, it's like inches at you know so many oh, yards, really? hundred yards. Yeah, you could you could actually zero in on a motorcycle. 
I'm in the, in the middle of a pack of cars coming at you. You look through the scope, it looks just like a gun scope with a little tiny red light, LED light or whatever inside. Uh-huh. And you put that red dot right in the center of the license plate, and the spread is so small that it won't pick up the other cars. It picks up just what you're pointing it at. Really? That's cool. Oh, it's it's so accurate. I mean, if you go to court to fight a uh, a radar ticket, you may have a chance saying, hey, there's interference from this or that. But if you go to the court and fight a laser ticket, you're you're out of luck pretty much. But there so I mean accurate. there are ways to there are ways to determine different cars with standard radar by Doppler tone and obviously Yeah, yeah but you know if you work in a freeway with a lot of cars you're you know it's not going to work very well cuz it's picking right. up the biggest car, the closest car whereas a laser where there's a lot of cars around you pinpoint what you want. You pointed it the license plate of what you want. You put that little red dot in the middle of license plate and you're good now there are places where you could work radar like a you know two-lane road cars are coming at you not a lot of cars they work fine but you know when you got a lot of cars especially like this person's question on a four-lane highway um especially after dark just the laser they just put it right in the front of your car is coming at you and it is totally legal no lights, no nothing, doesn't matter. Well, Fully blacked out, don't have to give you a chance at all. Well, no, I mean, we're talking California law. I really don't know the laws in different states if they have rules. But I've heard people say, well, a cop can't shoot radar without at least our parking lights on, or they can't be parked here or there. In California, like the judge said, if they could get their patrol car or motorcycle up in a tree, it'd be perfectly legal. It doesn't matter. I know. Don't have, I know, to, don't I have know to have pack. lights on. Don't have to be... Uh, you know, out in the view, they could hide anywhere they want. Yeah, and I want to say, I don't want to, I mean, I, don't quote me, but I know it was back east somewhere. I don't know if it was Virginia or not, but there were some issues of being fully hidden and not being fully hidden and, uh, you know, having to have some part of the vehicle showing and that type of thing. But yeah, California, it, California it doesn't matter because when, right. when I was in Motors, I mean, we'd hide all kinds of places, hide behind cars, front yards you know, driveways and, you know, nighttime, daytime, it didn't matter. We, we shot the laser and it, it didn't matter. Um, best thing to do, if you got questions in your state, look it up or uh, check and see. But I, I think it's going to be the same for most of them. Well, let's hit on one little subtopic of that is how, how do you normally determine somebody is speeding? What's the, what are your, you know, do you have like two or three different ways to do that? If you don't have radar, if you do... Those are things that, you know, are you pacing people? What are the different ways of being able to determine? Because a lot of people ask the question of, well, if they don't have me on radar, how do they know I'm speeding? And well, I think that's that's a legitimate question. One way would be speedometer in a car. If a cop's behind you and he's pacing you, um, he could pull you over based on his speedometer. And he's pacing you where you're not pulling ahead and he's mm-hmm. not gaining on you. So he's getting a pretty accurate estimate of your speed um if you do get a ticket based on that one thing you could do is go to court and ask when the uh speedometer was last calibrated on that that vehicle you could stand a chance of having it taken under submission or um, dismissed if the officer is unable to tell you the last time it was calibrated normally when at least when i wrote tickets based on the speedometer i'd get it calibrated or checked with one of our motor units with a laser and he would check my 
speedometer, and if I went to court, I'd say, you know, I I paced him at, you know, 50 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone for approximately a quarter mile. Speedometer was checked uh, a month ago, and it was one mile an hour over. I wrote the ticket based on that. You know, you'd win every time. Well, on those, and, and, well, for those who haven't been in the front seat of a police car, the if you look at the speedo in the car, it actually says factory calibrated, right. which is something that they actually do in most police issue style vehicles. So just right. another I mean, thing. Most of them that work writing tickets off the speedometer, they also get a check once a month or so by, by a laser <clears throat> or a uh, radar just to confirm that it's, it's still accurate. Right. Second thing is when, when I went to radar school and then laser school, you have to be able to estimate a car's speed by looking at it coming and going and you have to pass a test and you have to get a certain percentage right otherwise you don't get the uh, certification to work the laser and they teach you how to do that and you practice and you practice and you get to the point where when a car is coming at you you could estimate their speed within a couple of miles an hour one way or the other and uh, that that's actually part of the final test before you get certified to be able to shoot radar or laser. So if an officer's in traffic court and says, Your Honor, I visually estimated this vehicle to be traveling in excess of 10 miles per hour over the speed limit, He's he has expertise in that. They have to. When they go to court here in California, they have to state their qualifications, um, and they, they briefly touch on the school they went to, and they, they had to visually estimate uh, vehicle speed, blah, 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 blah. And once they do that and the judge says, okay, you know, basically you're qualified to use radar or laser, then he goes into that. I was parked at whatever place. I saw a vehicle approaching. I visually estimated the speed to be approximately, you know, 40 miles an hour. I put the laser on the front of the car. I tracked it for approximately three to five seconds. I confirmed the speed at whatever mile. An hour. So there's a whole routine they have to go through um, in court also in order for this ticket to go through. Also, there has to be, you'd have to look in the uh, vehicle code, but on most streets, there has to be a engineering study done, a survey, in order for the police officers to be able to shoot radar or uh, laser on that street. <clears throat> and there's certain re requirements that has to be met, and if there's not a survey on file for that street, and there's one required, the ticket will be dismissed. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's got to be a certain, the road has to be at least a certain width. Um, it's got to be at least one lane in each direction, and there's something else involved with it. Um, otherwise, it's considered a speed trap. And if it's considered a speed trap, the tickets uh, will be thrown out. Now, cops can sh can shoot a, they could follow somebody and use their speedometer and write a ticket on that. But if there's a street that does not have a survey on file, and a radar or a laser ticket is written on that street, it'll be thrown out in court. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty I'm interesting. Not, you have to look it up. Look up speed surveys or a, a definition of a speed trap in Google or something. It'll explain it all. Well, now, where can you find that again in the in the city archives? Will, do you have to get that information to you? or With the city, they yeah. Yeah, you can go to the city, and you could say, I'd like to see, uh, in fact, an officer here in our court, the officer has to present a copy of the speed survey uh, for the ticket that he's, he's. They don't. They don't any longer update them with the court itself and keep them on file. 
Yeah, there is. There's a book yeah. at each court that has them all in there. So if you get a ticket, you could go there and you could ask for the speed survey book. You could look and see if the street that you got a ticket on, if it's in there and if it's expired or if it's not current, because they're only good for so many years, if it's past that amount of time, you could tell the judge there's not a current uh, speed survey on file. The judge will look and say, you're right, ticket dismissed. So mm-hmm. some, something to check out. Oh, that is interesting. Okay. So, man, I just found a great new source for questions. We will have 100 million shows now. Brand new website that was just opened up for questions. It's basically a question and answer website. And there is a whole section on law enforcement. So we're going to be, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about now. Good. (laughs) All right, so. Jim to join us. I know. It's it's actually really interesting. Somebody call Jim's phone and see, see what he's doing. Yeah, I gave oh, up. Second, I thought, second thought, don't. I don't like him anymore, so I'm not calling him. So yeah. let's get through a couple of these other questions, and then we can hit on maybe one or two of these other ones from this site. They're, they're actually pretty good. So um, just real quick, uh, we did have one person write in asking about, um, well, I, I believe they're trying to become an officer now, and they're really worried about the uh, – the dreaded wall or, you know, as we like to call it, the physical agility test. And they were asking for a couple pointers, if any. I mean, the last time I had to hop over a wall was a long time ago, so that makes you guys longer. So I guess the question comes down to is what's the best way to get over that thing? You go first, Mark, on all because I had a hell of a time getting over it myself. I know, when I was cheated, you ran around the wall. <laughs> yeah. I ran through wall. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. And later on in my in my career, and I put on some extra weight, I just run right through a fence. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, actually, the way Ed made it over, we told him there was a case of beer on the other side, and he got the best time of the day. He chewed through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the no, wall, but the... Even uh, 75 pounds ago, it was tough for me getting over those walls. But let Mark go first. No, I, there's really no good or bad with it i mean run uh, jump hope i mean what do you what do you do my my the only way i found to get over it without too much too much effort or struggle was just run at it and i would throw my weak leg if you will against the wall and then grab onto the top of the fence and use my my weak leg to kind of try and propel me over the top and i just roll over the top and whether i fell straight to the ground or not <laughs> accomplishing my goal again that was basically it you know i've made it i think yeah. i broke my face and then i would get up with my <laughs> hip and, and hobble to the next uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, three foot fence you know yeah. Stop, well, most of the tests they've they've got the uh get a running jump where it, you'll have a zigzag course you gotta you know make sharp lefts and rights uh sometimes there's a small cyclone fence you could easily scale over and then you got the wall after the wall, then you got a short sprint to the finish line. But yeah, six foot wall. Um, there, I've seen it done in different ways. I think what worked the best for me is to run up to it and do like a big hop with both legs and jump up as high as you can and grab the top of it and just pull yourself over. Once you grab the top, you could you know use one leg and hook it over the top and then just pull yourself over. Um, I've gone over also when we used to have training by. Like Ed said, right before you get to the wall, you you plant, you raise one leg up and you plant one foot up against the wall and kind of propel yourself up. If you don't propel high enough, you're on the ground. But if you do, you make it over. Right. But the best thing they could do is just practice. Just try different right. techniques. Um, you know, or 
Well, what, what helps you do too is, is uh, if you got a friend with a Rottweiler, is just have them send the Rottweiler after you <laughs> toward the wall, and you'll find the best way to get over that wall. Well, you, you know, some towns also, and particularly the one we worked in, had a community college with that open to the public. So you could actually go there and, and do it all day long if you had to. Um, well, most of the places that have training facilities for police officers, that is out in the open. It's usually not locked up somewhere. And if you find where they have the uh, teach the police academies, a lot of times that'll be out in the open and you could go practice uh, practice on the wall. Yeah, that's that's actually yeah your best way. Go right, go right to the source and just keep doing it until you get better at it. Yeah, no, it's sooner or later it'll get over. Yeah, or you'll be so bruised you never want to become a cop. <laughs> and, and the irony of it is, I mean, I can't. I can only tell you maybe three six foot fences. I had to scale the whole entire you know amount of years I was in the business. But it. Uh, hey man, I well, learned. Jim's I, on I learned the phone. calculus. What? What's that? Jim's on the phone. Let's put him on speakerphone. Where Where is he? Hang on. All right, Jim, you're on the show. We're we're live. Jim, yeah, we can't we can't hear him. Yes, we're on the show, Jim. What? Can't hear him. Thanks for calling me earlier. Oh yeah, let yeah, oh, let's have mean, this argument. You mean like the like the four phone the four phone calls and the six text messages? <laughs> Yeah, well, we got about 10 minutes left if you want to log on. She's called me 15 times since 3 o'clock. Hey, we're on the air. You want to call in for the last 15 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed, how's it going? Good, good. Anyway, the, later in my career, when I realized yeah, I couldn't get over the fences like I used to, to go. We're live. I actually chased some con- some bank robbers from Concord. We, I made it over the first fence, but I smashed my, uh, my jewels on top of the fence, so I decided... <laughs> That's it. I'm going to kick myself through the rest of the fences, even though that would tell them where I was coming from. I'd probably get shot. And so I got through chasing these guys, and they left money scattered all over the yards. I went back and told the sergeant, go, hey, Sarge, I'm really sorry, but you know my pants were ripped from my crotch all the way down to my knee. And I said, hey, I, I had to kick the fences down like five yards. He goes, oh, my God, I don't want to hear this. Just get out of here, please, please. You know? <laughs> so you walk in the backyard, and every fence, every fence that I faced had like three or four slats kicked out of it. <laughs> Ah, that's that's terrible. But they were long gone. You know, they 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 had to drop on me anyway. They could have killed me if they wanted to. Yeah, no but kidding. Yeah, uh, you know, that that was one of the best bank bank chases we had. <laughs> you there? Uh, yeah, who who? Hey, sorry about that. I was trying to get oh. Jim on the air, but uh, it didn't work. Jim yeah, says, no "Hey, can you call Jim? Because Jim said he'll join us if you could call him somehow on his phone." How do how am I? He's supposed to show online. He's not online then. So yeah. I'll look I'll look for him. I'm not going to tie the show up. Wait. Too bad. Jim. So sad. Yep. So we only have a couple more questions anyway. So the and then we have enough for the next twelve months on this other site. So the uh, okay. This this came in as another question, which was uh, in a place after dark or after curfew. Um, Myself and three of my friends were sitting on a boat dock. Oh, and Jim's not here. When a police when <laughs> a police save officer that one for him. No, no way. When a police officer pulled up and asked us what we were doing, and we were just sitting there, they searched us, found nothing, but he said that he was not sure if he was going to cite us for something, and then he drove away. Can can he still be fined? Was he doing something wrong being there? What what's the story? Well, that leaves a lot. 
to the imagination. Um, yeah, so, so use some of that imagination and let's let's hear. Well, it. let me put it in. If I'm on patrol, it's dark. There's a place that's closed, and I see people out there. Right off the bat, there, that's reason for contact. What are they doing out there? They get right. ready to burg something. In the least, they're trespassing because it's closed after dark. What are they doing out there? So a cop wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't go out there and contact them. Um, technically, it, it all depends, the searching part of it. You can't just grab somebody and start searching them. Um, even though they might have been committing trespassing, um, usually it's a consensual search. Hey, you got anything illegal on you? Any drugs, guns, bombs? No, I ain't got nothing on me. Mind if I check? No, go ahead. I mean, yeah, probably but that's nine consensual. Out of- yeah, exactly. That's probably how nine out of ten searches the questions go. People actually give the cop consent. Right. So they were probably searched. Nothing was found, and the cop probably said, "Look, man, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to cite you or not, but if you get out of here in five minutes, you, you know, if I come back in five minutes and you're here, I'm going to cite you." Right. And it was probably a situation like that. But the bottom, right in the beginning, it says, "In a place that is closed after dark." I mean, there's your answer right there. They, they're they not supposed to be there, and that's why the cop came up. That's why the cop searched them. And uh, he actually probably gave them a break by not citing them for trespassing. Right. So, I mean. And they said, then he drove away. Can we still be fined? No. Right. If he didn't issue you a ticket right then and there and have you sign a promise to appear, there is nothing else is going to be done. Now, does this matter if these kids are kids as in juvenile or if these people are not? You know, juveniles or, I mean, how does curfew work into that? Uh, I mean, most cities have curfews of like, say, 10 o'clock during the week or something. And curfew would just be even another reason for contact, even if the place was open. If uh, if, there, if a city and has they, a curfew of 10 o'clock and a cop sees some kids out somewhere at, you know, 11 or 12, he has a right to contact them if there's a curfew. In, in the city. And that's a citable offense, at least in California, right? It is. Um, Which, what, a lot of the times... Juvenile, juvenile diversion or something or what? Uh, you know, like juvenile my diversion city, anymore? on a Friday or Saturday night, usually it's so busy in the city, the cops don't have time to be looking at every kid that, you know, sitting at an In-N-Out burger that looks young or something. But if for some reason they do come in contact with the kids and there's a curfew, most of the time the cop will call a parent, say, come down, get them now, or the cop will take the kid to the station and have one of the other officers there watch him until a parent picks him up, or a cop, you know, might cite the kid. It, it all depends on how busy the city is, and, you know, there there's some cities where they may write a million curfew tickets, and there's other cities that just, it's low on the priority list. Well, I guess it all depends on what problems they're having at the time. Right. All right, so uh, last question for today is going to be about possession. Or I guess maybe possession is uh, what's that saying that people say? Uh, possession nine is nine tenths of the law. Yeah. So so this guy, listen to this one. This is good. So I have somewhat of a strange question. Uh, I let my brother my ATV and trailer. Well, time went on. I moved. Really didn't have a place to put it, so I wasn't really worried to let him keep it. Well, now he's trying to sell him. Uh, A friend of mine found a flyer at a local hardware store, has my ATVs on it, and the trailer. Um, He has all the titles and registration. Um, What can he do? He says, I don't really want to get, he's all, I don't really want him to get arrested. 
but I guess I do want my stuff back. And if it's sold to a third party, he's never going to get it back. Um, his brother has changed his phone number. <laughs> wow, this is this is some love. You, you, um, do, you do what every brother does. Go over to his house, knock on the door, and tell him, hey, you're opening the door. We're going to do like we used to do when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to square the situation away. <laughs> I'd like my ATVs back, please, before I knock your house over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, legally, what can he do? And obviously, you know, illegally, he can do whatever he wants. It's his family member. But that's hopefully won't be. Uh, he wants to know what he should do legally. And uh, maybe I should do this with Jim because I'm pretty sure he's got a bunch of my stuff. <laughs> well, you yeah. If he calls the police, most <clears throat> most likely they'll tell him it's a civil matter. Right. You got so to go to court. Yeah. You know, go to court, go see Judge Judy or whatever. But if he's got the title, he might be able to call the police and say, "Hey, look, you know, my brother's got an ATV of mine. I have the title. It's in my name. Um, can you guys go? You know, do a civil standby for me while I try to get the property back, where they may have an officer meet out there." You know, and ask the guy, hey, look, do you have an ATV that belongs to him? Um, he's got the paperwork. It shows that it's his. But there's all kinds of things that come into play. Um, if the brother's had it for a long time and got duplicate titles in his name or something, it, it's going to end up being a civil matter where it goes to court. And that's not hard to do. Right, right. All he has to do is say there was a lost title or you right. know, fill out some paperwork. But the first thing he could do is call the police department in his jurisdiction Explain the situation. See if they'll do a uh, a um, civil standby form where they send an officer out with the guy that has the paperwork and try to get the property back. If not, he's going to have to go to court. Well, I mean, have you have you run into these things? Occasionally, you know, and we always tell people if it's a civil matter, civil. file a small claim suit against the brother for either the property or the value of the property, and most of the time that'll solve it. If 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 he's refusing to give it back. And you have paperwork showing that it's yours. You know, no cop's going to go in and, you know, hold the guy at gunpoint while you get your stuff back. It's going to be considered a civil matter because the brother didn't steal it. It's not like the right. brother stole it. That'd be a different issue. He left it at his brother's property or lent it to him, and he didn't get it back for a long time. So, it, you know, it. Yeah, these these situations get really sticky. I have a. Hey, do, a do you want to hear a, a true story? Is really sticky, just like that. That's actually uh, involves two Maricopa County detention officers. Is this involving your ex-wife? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a very uh, relative of mine who works there had kept some of her stuff at another detention officer's house for like four months. He got tired of holding on to it, and she didn't have any uh, money to rent a storage location. So he went ahead and forged a note with her name on it and said that she had sold the stuff to him for $1,000. Long criminal investigation goes through, and it's inconclusive because they can't figure out who forged the note. And then uh, they go to civil court, and she wins. He gives his stuff back. Now he's suing her for the money that she got out of uh, suing suing her for the amount of uh, the cost, like 3500 bucks. He wants thirty five hundred dollars back, and it's uh -huh. unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. These things do on. get sticky, you know. And like this guy's letter says, time went on, and I moved, and I really didn't have a place to put it, so I wasn't worried about it, right. you know. And now he wants them back. So, well, it's his family, man. I mean, you, it's like you loon your you know brother. The, the brother could say, you know what? I, I've stored it for him all these years. I want fifty bucks a month storage fees from him 
for storing it for him before I give it back. I mean, anything could happen. So the best place to do it would be in court. If he's refusing to give it back to you, um, file a, a small claim suit against him or take him to court. That'd be the yeah, fastest the, and easiest way. The civil case did work out for her. She got all of her stuff back, and he didn't look, appear to have done anything to it. Uh, you know, urinated on the couch, nothing like that. <laughs> that could end up real ugly. Yeah, real stinky too. But on the, on the <laughs> other side, of it, on the other side of it, yeah, now the guy countersues her after she gets the stuff back. He wants the the value of the furniture paid back to him because he alleges that note that she allegedly wrote was not a forgery. And it's like, geez, this guy won't quit. You know, so he's, now he's dragging her back into court all over again. Wow. That's, that's the uh, case that we're gonna see on Judge Judy coming. That's up. bitter. Yeah, it's really bad. It's terrible. All right, so I guess there was one other thing in that. I think. I don't, Mark, I don't know if you know any of the details on this at all, but this whole Contra Costa County lead drug enforcement guy that was uh, ended up going to jail last week. Yeah, that definitely made the headlines. It was surprising because he National. was really a, he was a well-known commander of the narcotics unit out in the county out here. I'm pretty sure I've worked with him. Yeah, all of a sudden you see on the news that he's arrested for uh, selling drugs, and all the details aren't out yet. I guess he's already out on bail, but I really don't want to touch this one with a 10-foot pole right. for too much. But he's got, I mean, it's not just like one count against him. They've got like 30 counts against him and a well-known PI um, that he was supposedly or allegedly teaming up with to sell drugs. So it, wow. it's going to be interesting where this goes. I'm yeah, like, well, Ed, I guess we'll Ed's just probably work we'll with this it. guy too. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, I, I have. I, I got a picture of him on the screen here. I just reading he got out of jail already. Yeah, yeah. he's out on a bond. Yeah, they, they reduced him down from a million to four hundred thousand. Oh, what a bargain! It's, it's pretty interesting, and you know, hopefully this doesn't taint cops too bad because normally, you know, when a cop does something wrong, it makes headlines. But what people have to remember is there's millions of cops. You know. Hundreds of thousands of cops, and there's there's good and bad in every profession. Good and bad in doctors, uh, lawyers, dentists, I mean, bank exec, you name it. There's good and bad in every profession, and there's going to be a couple of bad cops out there. And he didn't start off bad. He was really, uh, from what I understood, was a good cop and um, the commander of this unit. But something happened where he went a little sideways and got accused of selling drugs. In this article I'm reading right now, it's called sflist.com. It says that, uh, and this is this is what I'm reading straight off the internet. I'm not poking fingers at nobody and and all that. It says, um, according to Associated Press, Welsh's lawyer explained his client was in debt after his daughter needed a bone marrow transplant dash, which might actually explain Welsh's motive for racking up 28 felony counts of selling crank. 28. Uh, oh. Yeah, See, 28 I, I felony counts. I... I thought I read somewhere that it was the uh, the PI's daughter that needed a bone marrow transplant or something. I don't know. I send you guys this article. It's uh, uh, maybe that could you know. There's always a motive for whatever. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, well just whatever, have to stay tuned. Motive, to stay tuned. Whatever yeah. the motive, it doesn't justify it. I mean, just right. no, no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's hundred percent. It's uh, it's a tragedy because it, it it gives everybody a black eye for you know as long as people's memories last. Yeah. So bad decision and loss of an entire career. So. Yeah, Lord knows we had a lot of those black guys where we used to work. Yeah, well, yeah. that's. I think it happens at every department, and every department wants them to go away. But then again, you know, I mean, look at Bart. Look at all the issues that we've had in the last, you know, couple years with you know all these things. It's none of them are good. 
And now we'll see yeah, if they you appear. You never in court hear about time. a cop, or you rarely hear about a cop doing something really good, or you know, courageous, or or good. That every time a cop gets arrested, well, I, or I got to tell you, man, you know, I'm looking over these questions on this website, and uh, you know, it has the ability to ask a question and then get answers from just about anybody. So you don't need to be a cop; you could just be a citizen wanting to give your opinion. And that, oh, that could put us out of business. Oh, yeah, it, it won't. Trust me. So the, the issue well, is, though, is that... pick out a few good ones for next week, because I, oh, I, 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 I will, myself. but the interesting part about this is, is that there's a ton of information in here of what people feel when they're, you know, being... And we'll go over some of this for the next show. Um, it's just, it's interesting to see how much negative is truly out there versus any positive whatsoever. So well, hopefully... Send me, send me the website and Ed, and uh, we'll poke around and we'll bring that up... Uh... Yeah, I'll, send you this, I'll send you this list of questions. There's a lot of stuff in here about legal stuff, which obviously we're not going to touch. But, I mean, like actual legality of specific laws and sections. But there's lawyers in here answering those questions. So it's, it's pretty interesting. So we'll yeah. see what we can do cool. there. So I guess uh, until next week, uh, we got no Jim because, well, like you said, there's bad apples everywhere and he's ours. So. <laughs> he did talk to me for two minutes on the phone. Yeah, that he was give it a shot. Great. All, all I heard was two seconds of whining, and then he went away. He might have been out there sailing the high seas, doing some kind of a rescue or something, you know? Oh yeah, that's that's it, Ed. Yeah, that <laughs> wishful thinking there. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're going to bat for that guy. No, so. he wouldn't even join us on episode thirty. It's a it's a uh, milestone in our little thing. Yeah, you can't say inaugural. Well, I guess you could. It would be inaugural, wouldn't it? So. I don't know. The, uh, we'll be but, back in two weeks, and I promise Jim will be with us. If we have to kidnap him and handcuff him right in front of the computer, he'll be uh, he'll be. Oh, on you the can show. you can do that, right? Your family. Yes, exactly. So there yeah, you exactly. go. So you can you can uh, no no jail time for that. You can just tell him you're doing a photo shoot, and he'll be at your house early. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks a lot. So <laughs> this, okay. So this, on that wonderful uh, note, thanks very, a lot. Very very quick footnote. Oh, I watched yeah. on the news down here in Phoenix last night that the Hell's Angels are no longer a motorcycle gang. They are a, just a motorcycle club. Oh, really? So now we have competition for the Iron Warriors. It's, it's oh, man. Wow. They have a, Is know, it a Christian club? I don't know. They did, but they like Harleys, and that's all we let in the club. So that's you know, it's terrible. I just so I, are they gonna are they gonna join up or are they going to have or can you think we can get one of them on? Well, you know, we they had an Oakland. The Oakland president was on there, so that might be a good place to start. Yeah. Maybe it'll. Maybe you guys could be the Iron Angels now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, AFFA. Uh. <laughs> anyway, just uh, okay. throw it out there so everybody can have a good chuckle. Yeah, that's uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Only, only in Arizona. So. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna have a bumper sticker that says that. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks, uh, and we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm planning on keeping the website pretty updated, so there should be lots of updates on there with some of the latest stuff, and then we'll hit on most of those topics at the next show. So. Okay. Sounds good. Until then, we'll uh, see you guys later. Take care. Bye.